Are we having fun? Hell yeah. I'm Steph. And I'm Kayla. And we're two best friends coping with life the only way we know how. One adventure and a cocktail at a time. Welcome, welcome back to the podcast. And of course, we love connecting people everywhere. So Maytel is currently in... Atlanta. Atlanta. Where are you right now? I'm in Minnesota right now. (laughs) What? I didn't know you were in Minnesota. I thought you were in Florida. No. So I'm in the Midwest and I will almost say that I've lived in every time zone or at least been to every time zone in the U.S., uh, <laughs> so we're going to talk a lot about moving around and how we got to know each other. So if you've never heard of Maytel, she is an awesome human being and she was born and raised in Israel. So that is so exciting. We're continuing the multicultural train and she was an ex-military lieutenant. She moved to the U.S. by herself, didn't know anyone, and didn't have any money. That sounds like me moving to Minnesota, honestly. I knew no one coming here. That is hard to do. She was a dancer and singer for a few years in New York. Some of the uh, names you might know, like Saturday Night Live, Queen's Pride Parade. Um, She got back into acting over a decade ago. And she's been doing theater, film, and TV. She started her own documentary where she traveled across the country for two years, showing her solo travels and also booking acting jobs in 13 cities from New York to LA. I can't wait to talk more about that. That is my favorite thing about you. I mean, <laughs> this that's how we got to know each other. And it just is the biggest inspiration. And she is currently raising funds for a sitcom pilot that she co-created and is filming this year in New York. Everybody, please put your hands together for Maytel Angel. (laughs) If we had a studio audience, (laughs) we can dream, we can dream. So that's when when i create creating the the sitcom we're gonna have a studio audience there (gasps) yeah that's awesome that's like impossible to find i feel like a sitcom with a studio like a new york audience yeah Yeah. (sighs) we love recording this podcast as a happy hour and she was happy to oblige so what are you drinking today i am doing vodka soda lime yes and mark what are you having I got a little Topo Chico, hard seltzer, strawberry, and guava. Yay. Oh, my gosh. Keeping that going. I need to try that. Okay, we need to have that next week. We're all taking a sip, and I didn't make my cocktail yet, but this is perfect because Mm -hmm. I am just going to put it together right now, and we're not going to spill anything on the laptop this time like we did the last time, but I did spill a drink over my keyboard in the middle of an episode girl this is the kind of show we're running okay so we're making a little tito's action today (laughs) (laughs) and so what we're just gonna do is make a hefty pour of some vodka and then add some soda today i'm going with uh (laughs) lemon (laughs) Yeah. And then I'm going to just add a dash of lemon juice in there because 
I'm really lazy. I don't feel like squeezing any citrus. I have a bunch of limes in my fridge. Well, oh, I'm, nice. I'm Israeli, so like you have to have so many lemons. Yeah, that's what I like. I I tried. I, I went to. I need to have at least ten lemons in my fridge at all times. Otherwise, I cannot proudly call myself Israeli. Right. You gotta make. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We're. This is gonna turn into a food podcast. Every week, it turns into a food podcast. So Stephanie's part Lebanese. So half the time, we're just talking yeah. about like stuffed grape leaves. Oh my gosh. She sounds delicious. <laughs> yes, exactly. So this is, we're going to try to keep the food talk to a minimum this week. Look, I even bought a stirring spoon because we're getting serious now. Mm-hmm. Tax write-offs. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So anyway, cheers. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Yeah, that is so exciting. So let's, let's, let's get right into the episode. Cause I know Mark loves, loves just like having conversations and like asking questions, getting to know people. So we just want to get right into this thing. Yes. So first let's talk a little bit about how you, how you even ended up here in the first place and how did you get into acting over here? <clears throat> here, when you say here, you mean the U S in general. Oh, uh, well, I just, wanted to be a performer and always since I remember myself and then I figured after my military service I was like okay well you know I always wanted to be a performer so I guess I should pursue it now that I'm a free uh civilian um and I was thinking about like maybe pursuing it in Israel for a little bit but I'm like no I really just want to like make it in New York or LA you know that's the biggest dream, right? Like you watch TV, most of the stuff that you see on TV is filmed either in New York or in LA. Right. So I'm like, all right, well, I either do New York or LA. So I bought a one-way ticket to LA with a stop in New York, open for a year. So I'm like, I'll stop in New York. And if I don't like it, I'll give it a couple of months. If I don't like it, I'll just move on to LA. So I got to New York and I just stayed for like yeah. 18 That's years. Awesome. <laughs> that is so amazing. That is so amazing. So you were there for so long. Obviously, anybody listening uh, can can kind of hear the New York accent in your voice. It's the best. It's the best. I mean, I had a similar situation. I I ended up staying in New York after going back and forth for six years. I just never left until COVID. So <laughs> even even after uh, we had both, yeah, <laughs> we both left New York and and decided let's give LA a shot and you you took that as an opportunity to document your entire trip over there and I love how unique obviously I've seen I've seen your footage but I love how unique the show really was because you went with essentially no belongings right you said I'm gonna fresh slate make this show about the journey it's not just the destination in LA but you really made it about the journey so describe road to Hollywood with people okay so yes right like you said like almost no positions it was at first my tagline was a girl a suitcase and a dream because that's really all it was it was just like me and one suitcase and I'm like let's just hit the road Go for it. I, I just like gave up my apartment in New York. 
I uh, packed up my one suitcase and I'm like, let's just go. I have 13 cities at first when I planned it. I wanted to do 26 cities, but I'm like, oh my God, this is going to take forever. Like, I don't know how long I'm going to be in each city. Let me just narrow it down. So I just like cut a few cities down and then I made it to like 13 between mm -hmm. New York and LA. I had like 11 more. Wow. So yeah. So I was like, all right, let's just start. Let's just go and see what happens. I don't know what's going to happen. But the goal was to find an acting job in each city. And mm -hmm. like the whole fun game of the documentary was I wasn't allowed to advance to the next city until I actually booked something. Because I'm like, if I'm just traveling and booking, like there's no challenge in that. You know, you can always just leave if you're unhappy. But I'm yeah. like, no, if you just like make it like a fun game, like a fun challenge. It really was like, a, um, what is that show? It's like the great American adventure or something. I don't know. Like the oh, great amazing adventure. race, amazing, amazing race. race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking it was like, like amazing race, but instead of having a mission in every city, like the mission would be that I have to find an acting job. So I have to like immerse myself in the city, kind of like get to know the city itself and network enough so that I have enough connections to actually get an audition in the city yeah you book something and once i book something i can advance to the next one and i'm like in that way i get to experience each city to like the fullest because it's not just like oh you know when you're going to a city as a tourist you're not necessarily experiencing everything but when you're going there for work yeah everyone they almost everyone that you hang out with are going to be locals and you get mm -hmm. to really experience the city through their eyes mm -hmm. and not only that i got to actually act which is awesome i got to like act in every city you know, yes. it's, it's, it was incredible. Yeah. I'm curious, um, by like the fifth time, did you have like a process by then? So you were like, okay, first things is got to make these connections. Then I got to talk to the right people so they can put me in front of the right people. Or so was... I did this essentially with almost no money. I only really raised about four grand just to get me started in the first couple of cities. And then I was out of money by Chicago, basically. <laughs> like, wow. I, got, I was already like broke. <laughs> yeah, towards the end of Chicago, which was only my fourth city. And I still had like eight more. So I was That's like, Fuck, well, I got to figure this out. So I had to like find a job in each city. So my process was first find a place to stay. Mm -hmm. And I was doing that through couch surfing. I was couch surfing in people's, you know, in pe people's couches. Um, Wow. So that was like a really, really good community for me because, I mean, it was rough. First, it was good because it was free and it was great because of the people. You know, it's a really, really awesome community of travelers. Mm -hmm. And that's what they do. They open their homes to other travelers. And then when they travel, people open their homes for them. So it was it was exciting to meet all these people who really just like travel the whole world and just like stay with them. Oh, I love that. And with them. It was it was great. It was a great community and it was great because it was free and it was actually allowed me to do that. And uh, that was that was number one. But the the hard part about the couch surfing community is that most people would host you for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. That means that means in each city I had to find multiple hosts. Yeah, constantly been looking for the next place I'm gonna stay. You know what I mean? So that took a lot of my time and it gave me a lot of anxiety and it was hard because nice. I constantly had to figure out when when am I gonna stay next? When am I gonna stay next? If I got lucky enough and I had hosts that just love me and they're like, hey, just stay. Don't yeah. worry about stay. You know, like in certain places I did get lucky, but you know. People are also busy. They have a life. 
You know what I mean? Like, no, yeah. not a lot of people can host you for a whole month. Now that's a hustle. That is. In it's, yeah, it was. It was a hustle. And you know what? Most places where I did stay for like a month, it was starting to get a little codependent. Like it was, it was like people who didn't want me to leave. And that's why they wanted to host me for a month. So oh, interesting. <laughs> so it was so it was hard to like leave. Yeah. And it led to like a lot of like fights. I had like actual fights with people. Wow. Who, who were really upset when it was time for me to leave. They got they were wow. like, we took care of you and you owe us or something. You're like, whoa, like whoa, whoa. you, you should stay. Either, either, either the feeling of like you owe us and, or, or, you know, like there's a little bit of a narcissism in it because, you know, you, you basically do someone a favor not out of kindness, but because you want to wave this over their heads. And that happened to me only twice. It only happened to me twice, but I did come across, I did come across a couple of narcissists on the, on the road and they had a big issue with me leaving and they started a huge fight and they started acting as if. Like I was doing something wrong for leaving them. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm living my, you knew what I was doing. Besides the housing. So that's super crazy that, you know, I didn't get to hear that, that side of things, but that's so true. You, you probably met some interesting characters along the way, just through that. What was I will your... say that 99% of the people who hosted me were incredible, yeah. incredible, really good people, just out of kindness, just out of the love for travel, because they travel and people host them for free. They want to host other travelers for free when they're home. Yeah. Like, there's no expectations of anything in return, nothing. They were really just like really cool people and very loving and very kind who just love to host and love to travel. So it was kind of like, you know, a part of the community. So yeah, I had like a couple of um, less than ideal or a little uncomfortable uh, encounters, but like most of it was good. That was step one in each city is to find where I was going to stay. And people and everywhere you go, like you can find somebody who's inspiring in some kind of funny way when you start talking about your background and then they start talking about their background and they're like, this is what I did. And you're like, huh, this is what I did. And it just like, it's part of life, right? Communication and sharing experience. That's pretty cool. I love it. Right. So, I mean, like, if you have the personality that actually you're, where you're not really embarrassed or you don't get embarrassed easily or you're not afraid of, like, starting a conversation, if you're, like, really outgoing and that's right. just your personality, you'll find friends everywhere, you know? Or so anywhere. true. So what was your favorite place along the way? And also, what besides the housing yeah. aspect? New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> your favorite. <laughs> what, what, what was the rest of the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> how, lo- how long did you stay there? So New Orleans, I actually finished in three months. And I, wa- I did not want to leave. I, could not, I couldn't leave. I couldn't leave. So I stayed wow. four months or four and a half. Nice. I couldn't, couldn't, I just couldn't, I couldn't go. I was not able to advance. I was heartbroken. So you had, you had good work while you were there? In New Orleans? Yeah. It was a fun project, but what made it really hard to leave is that I was dating somebody. Oh, really? Yeah. That's hard. That's hard. Yeah, I was very, very, I mean, I, I was kind of seeing someone in Chicago too, and it sucked leaving him because we had so much fun, mm-hmm. but it was very short and we weren't in love wow. and, and it was more like a friendship. Um, so it sucked because like, you don't want to start over in a new city and be lonely again. Like that part always sucks, you know, like, right. oh, 
fucking events to the next city and just be, start from scratch again. And like, I don't know anybody, nobody knows me. And I, I miss my friends and I want to be around people who love me, who know me, you know, like it's really, really a lonely journey. Wow. So leaving Chicago was hard for me because the first time I had like a really close friend, we were dating a little bit, but it wasn't like he was my boyfriend and we were in love. But in New Orleans, which was a year later, like it took me a year to get from Chicago to New Orleans. A year later, I I dated uh, I dated somebody there, and I was like very in love with him, very very in love. So, so how did that how did that um, how did that play out? Did you decide that ultimately you needed to finish this this project you started, and do you still keep in touch? These are the questions um, people want to know. You know what? I'm I'm still really close friends with the the person in Chicago, by the oh, way. Oh wow. Really, really close. Yeah. Like I love that guy very, very much. Like we're we're very good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the New Orleans incident incident. <laughs> <laughs> That's on your mind. New Orleans gate. <laughs> <laughs> the New Orleans incident. Uh, it was with a guy. I mean, I look up to him very much. He's one of the kindest, nicest people I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Shockingly, because he had a really, really rough childhood. So you would expect someone like that to not be a kind person. And I was mm-hmm. so taken by him because, oh my God, like, how did you have this like super rough fucking life? And you're still like so sweet and nice to everyone is so positive and happy. Like I was, I was in awe with him and I fell in love with, with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a very strong person, but, but I knew that we both wanted different things out of life. We had the mm. discussion. So I knew even if I had stayed in New Orleans, this wasn't the person that I'm going to end up with. We had different desires and different goals. So mm-hmm. like, we're not going the same route. So this is just someone I really, really love right now. Mm -hmm. and you know i'm not gonna end up with wow that's hard so yeah but it takes a lot of strength to to acknowledge that and see and be able to make the necessary moves for your life it was very hard but we both we both acknowledged it we both like realized okay this is not the person i'm gonna end up with we want different things out of life but it was still hard to just leave because you know you 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 love someone you don't want to fucking go I was crying for a month and a half. I didn't film that part because I did one big episode about me crying the entire episode and just telling everyone I'm in love. I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. I love this guy. And after that, I just didn't talk about it anymore because there was no point in just repeating myself. But I felt that way for a month and a half. Yeah. I was finally ready to continue. Wow. And he felt like I don't want to. He also told me like, I don't want to ruin this for you. What you're doing is incredible. Like, and we know this is not gonna. So he's like, you know? Yeah. So like acting wise, what was a city um, that was super easy to book a project? And what was a uh, city that it was hard? Atlanta was the easiest. Okay. That's why I came back to Atlanta. Cause like in the back of my mind, even after I left Atlanta and I moved on to other cities, I was like, wow, but Atlanta was amazing. I booked two gigs. I barely even tried. Everybody's an actor. They're filming so much down here. Everything that's, 
-hmm. pre-production in LA, they come here and they film in Atlanta and then they go back to LA for post, you know what I mean? Well, to me, I was like, oh my God, like Atlanta's the center of filming right now. I should go back when I'm done with my journey. I should really consider Atlanta as a place to like go and try for acting. So I always had that in the back of my mind. I was like, I'm not sure if I want to stay in LA when I get there, if I want to go back to New York, which is all my friends, if I want to give Atlanta a try. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So Atlanta was the easiest. So I was just like, let me just go to Atlanta for a little bit. And what was the most difficult city in terms of networking and finding, finding that gig? Baltimore. Baltimore that I could see that I mean not not Baltimore specifically but like Baltimore was rough man it was my sister lived in Baltimore for a while we used to go up and visit her Baltimore has always been a rough city I don't know about that whole acting side of it but I remember going there as a young kid I'll tell you what was rough for me Baltimore is not like a city city it's like a it's like a big small town Mm mm-hmm I feel like the people who are born in Baltimore, and I, I don't want to like generalize because obviously not everyone, but I feel like majority of people who live in Baltimore were like born in Baltimore, went to school in Baltimore, went to college in Baltimore, and like are going to probably get married to the same people who went to high school with. It's that kind yeah. of like whole town mentality. They marry each other and then they like die together, you know, because everyone has their like kind of same society that they're like kind of grew up with and got stuck with since high school and those are the people they also marry and everything it was really hard to penetrate so it was really hard to network in Baltimore like I literally walked down the street and I just saw groups of people together and there was no opportunity for me you know like how in New York or LA or um, any other city almost if you go to a bar you start talking to people that opportunity doesn't exist in Baltimore. Like people go to a bar with their close friends and that's the people they talk to. Like God oh. forbid if you need I... a talk to someone or smile at someone, there's no like new people entering the group. <sighs> God forbid you disrupt yeah. the group dynamics and people freak <laughs> the fuck out. So God forbid you're loud and and they're like, who the fuck are you? That's how I feel Who's here. Who's this new girl? Who's this yeah. new girl? Yeah, yeah, new girl. Oh my God, so scary, right? So, oh my gosh. Yeah, That's so that great. was really hard. That My experience, right? I'm not going to say that I haven't met nice people there too. Right, right, right. The last couple of hosts I had there were really, really fun. And they really let me in. But like, I needed them to let me in. with the Oh group. yeah, you know I, I mean? totally like, hear that. I there's hear no, that. There's no just like walk down the street and start talking to people. There's no like, hey, how's your day? You know, there's none of that. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> very like, like that, why are you looking experience. at me? <laughs> I don't know if other people had the same experience with Baltimore. That was my experience. Like network, it's not networky. It's yeah. not networky. It's yeah. not like- I didn't get the uh, Southern hospitality when I was in Baltimore, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most from Baltimore is somebody telling me you don't look like you're from around here oh there we go yeah so, when you hear that, that was, not in a good way not like hey you're not from around here let's hang out it was more yeah. like who the fuck are you <laughs> that's a, I'm like I'm in Lake Superior um I'm like in northern Minnesota right now just you know uh just living the American adventure one one uh hilly awesome. area at a time but it's crazy because I totally relate to that. And it's like a, almost like the biggest small town here, but, and everybody goes out with their friends. I literally had somebody 
Now, I didn't know, but he came into my friend group through somebody, one of my friends. Mm -hmm. So he's really the outsider, but he starts talking about this bar he wanted to go to. And I was like, oh, I've never been there before. And um, I, of course, I'm from a city and I'm like, yeah, I love like bottle service places once in a while, just trying to make conversation. And he goes, bottle service here in Duluth? Well, there's no bottle service. If you have to ask what this bar is, then you don't belong there. And I was just like, okay. People are so overprotective Excuse of me. their little groups. It's, <laughs> yeah. I'm like you're girl, I'm so not used to that. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm used to just like talking to everyone and like yeah. meeting as people. <laughs> That's me. Network and make money and advance and make connections yes. and you know, create stuff together and let's accomplish together. Yes. You, you never know. You never know who you're gonna meet. Yeah, but like, but when you go to certain towns, it's like, <laughs> God forbid you, you know, like, just so like, mm, yeah. Can't. No, <laughs> I will find when I see those people, most of these people, they've never really been outside of the country. Most of them don't even have a passport. Like I know my parents didn't get a passport to them. And like never been outside their towns. It's so scary to meet someone who's different than you, because when you meet someone who's so yeah. different than you, you start to question whether or not you're doing something wrong with your life. And that's a very scary thought to a lot, a lot, a lot of people. So yeah. they just want to never deal with someone who's different than them. Wow. Just stick to what they know, because then. I've proven myself to be right. My way of living is right. And everyone who's different, something's wrong with them. Yeah. So it's easier to feel that way than to really re-examine who the fuck you are and actually having to change. That's very hard and very scary. I'm scary, sure but, you say- scary, but we're rewarding. Yeah. yeah. For most people, they're not they're not willing to go through that. Oh, well, yeah. I wouldn't say most people. I'm so sorry. A lot of people. Lot of <laughs> it's people okay. We exaggerate. We joke. It's a joke, everyone. We're exaggerating. <laughs> no. So it's it's like you know you you probably tell them I'm I'm heading to L.A. and they're like, good. L.A. can have you. Stay away from me. Like that's how that's how, that's how people are over here. Sometimes. I mean, we have we found some good people too. But <laughs> or like jealousy, like I, I came across jealousy, like mm. oh, you're leaving and you're going to LA and I'm stuck here and like you get to live this like amazing adventure and I'm stuck here. I will say a joke that we have in Orlando right now. It's when you meet somebody like, oh, I'm from New York. And the first thing you say is, oh, when are you going back? Yeah, <laughs> everybody's moving to Orlando from everybody's New York. Everybody's <laughs> moving to Orlando. Listen, she said, <laughs> no, <laughs> literally. No, literally, Maytow. We say that everybody in Florida is from New York. I mean, yes, it's like, yes, that's why I fit in there. That's why I fit into New York because everybody's from New York. Like, it's, the same, it's the same in Atlanta because like, yeah. so, so many people moved from New York and LA to Atlanta because of the pandemic the last couple of years. It's like, yeah, people are doing it. Yeah. Move to the South. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I have a bunch of friends from New York who moved to my, well, not Orlando, but like Miami. Miami. Yeah. Yeah. People go there. Uh, so speaking of New York, yes. you're writing a sitcom pilot and you're doing it from Atlanta, right? You're writing it with somebody there or. So here's the, thing, here's the thing about this pilot called Jimmy's and Jenny's. Mm-hmm. This pilot while I was on the road to Hollywood, the two mm-hmm. years that I was on the road, I was talking about this idea with my best friend in New York, George, who's mm-hmm. also an actor and a writer. And it's actually based on his life in Long Island, growing up in his dad's diner. His mm-hmm. dad used to own a diner. 
And he always thought like they had like this really crazy Greek kind of, if you want to combine like everybody loves Raymond with kind of like um, a New York City show, like Friends or something like that. He always kind of envisioned that his life, you know, like a crazy Greek family, but also with like, you know, fun dating and, you know, kooky single people and yeah. just super eccentric and fun, different characters. So he was talking to me about this idea for years. Like I've known George for almost 15 years now. He talked to me about this idea many times in the past. And when I went on the road to do that, he's like, oh my God, Maytal, I just love how you just decided to do it and just fucking did that. When you come back from the road, help me do the same thing with my idea that I've been, I've been talking about for like 10 years. Let's just make this happen. And I was like, all right, like we can even work on it when I was on, when I'm on the road. Yeah. It's, inspir it's inspiring. Thank you. So we talked on the phone a lot and we like came up with ideas and like what where do we want to see the show going and what kind of characters do we see it? and like some of it is based on his real family some of it is like made up cousins mm -hmm. maybe we just use like the name of his real cousin but it's like a completely different character than his real cousin or whatever. Yeah. But we started like building it up and when I came back from the road I went back to New York. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm not sure if I want to stay in New York or go to Atlanta or like, what am I doing? Right. I'm going to give myself a few months in New York just to get my head together because I was so overwhelmed from being on the road for two years. I was like emotionally exhausted, financially exhausted, <laughs> yeah. mentally exhausted. So I was like, let me just reconnect with my friends, take some time to work and save some money, figure out what the fuck I want to do next. And then COVID hit. Mm. Yep. So I didn't even get a chance to like feel normal again yeah. before this crazy new normal started. Uh, and then when COVID hit, I spoke with George and I was like, listen, the whole world is fucking shut down. Yeah. We have no excuses. We have no work. Yes. We're not busy with auditions. There's nothing to do but to sit at home and fucking write. Let's yes. do this shit. Yes. We just like set and wrote this amazing pilot, character breakdowns, character like backstory to like since they every character since they were born and where they're going in the future. Mm -hmm. We planned out five whole seasons of this show, 50 episodes already like in the plan. Okay. And we completed the pilot, we completed a show bible, a pitch deck. Like everything is already like done. All we have to do now is finish raising the money. The fundraiser is actually live right now. Nice. Yeah, I so it's on, oh, by the way, yes, let me plug it. The fundraiser is on jimmiesandjennies.com. And then you just scroll down a little bit and you see this big yellow button that says donate here. So you just click on that and you can donate. Everything will be appreciated. $1, $2, $5, $1,000, $20,000, however much you want to give. Yes. would be highly appreciated but yes the pilot is about a man named george who buys and tries to run his late dad's old diner with the help of his best friend maya who doesn't really want to be there because she has other plans for herself but is forced to stay and help him because he's so clueless that yeah. his uncle forces him to have all his friends and family work with him because he knows george has no idea what the fuck he's doing so his uncle lends him the money and he's like, I'll give you the money. I'll invest so you can actually own your dad's old diner. But you have to have your friend Maya helping you. 
because she knows what she's doing and you don't. And you have to have all your fucking crazy cousins working with you. Yeah. And we just <laughs> run each other crazy. That's what's the oh, show. I love that. A bunch of crazy people working in a diner in Long Island. Yeah. And, and it has flashbacks to the 80s. Right. So, yes. Yeah, so the flashbacks to the 80s is George flashing back to his childhood where he gets inspirations from his dad and mom when they were alive, when they owned that same diner. So we're doing present time diner and that same diner in the 80s flashbacks. And George gets to play his dad in the flashbacks. That oh, is so, so cool. So it's like a combination of like present time, like fun, kookiness, New York with like, the, like I said, like everybody loves Raymond or like friends slash like how I met your mother or whatever you want to call it with yeah. the flashbacks. And on top of that, the flashbacks are more like the wonder years. Because it's like the good old days, you know what I yeah. mean? Like it has that kind of like free yeah. internet before, you know what I mean? Generation, little I love more. That. So you'll put a little bit of styling into the, like a little bit of 80s styling into yes. the. Yes. So we're doing like two shows in one. We're basically doing like the 80, a show about the 80s and a show in present time. Ooh.